Hey, BU community. I have some really exciting news. I was approached with an idea and I said, yes. You know, we talk about if it's not a hell yes, then it's a no. This was a hell yes. So I'm really proud to tell you that I'm now a part of Supercast. So Supercast is a way for you to get more access to me more access to a deeper dive into the content we are sharing and discussing together on this amazing BU podcast, and also content that you will never ever hear in BU. So if you want to hear me talk about divorce, either what it's like to go through a divorce, what people think about and the stories they tell themselves in a marriage about divorce, where that comes from, what it feels like to actually choose divorce, because I know a lot of women are afraid to talk to other women about that, you know, because I'm someone who did make the decision to divorce. What if you don't want a divorce and your partner approaches you and says that this is what is going to happen? What does that look like? We're going to talk about divorce in there, blending families, you know, dating after divorce, especially in your 40s. Holy shit. Blending families isn't just bringing on children who you will wrap your heart around, but it's also the extended family and all that comes with that. And then the other thing that you're going to hear through Supercast that we won't talk about in BU is a deep dive into something that a lot of you have been asking me to talk about, and that is sales and marketing. I have a very strong background in sales. I started a business with no business experience as a broke nurse working three jobs and through a lot of blood, sweat and tears, painful lessons and growth, I grew that business from zero revenue to a multi-million dollar business. And that was over the course of 12 and a half years. Through Supercast, I am going to teach you how I did that, how to sell anything without feeling salesy or coming across salesy right? How to sell like a boss without feeling weird or looking like a weirdo. I'm your girl. I've got that dialed in. What happens when you're sick of the hustle and grind in business, but you still want to grow and make more money? That's what we'll talk about. So if you head over to the show notes, you will find a link to Supercast. Click on that. I will have a little bit of an intro there. And if you like what you hear, you can subscribe. There is nothing more inspiring than a woman being unapologetically herself. The answers are all in your heart. She's waiting, she's waiting, she's waiting for you to set her free. Welcome to BU Podcast. I'm Jill Herman and I am so glad you're here. I was broke, insecure, and craved approval. But with grit, hustle, and sacrifice, I still built a successful multi-million dollar business. 10 years in, burnout, I slowed down and looked inward. In that silence, I discovered that the same level of success could have come to me with much less effort and so much more joy. That's when I threw out the expectations of the world and chose to unbecome every single thing I thought I was supposed to be. And the real me was uncaged. It was far from easy. And in this podcast, I'll offer my entire journey as a roadmap so that if you're ready, you can finally be you. Hey, everyone. It's so nice to be back with you again. I hope you enjoyed our interview with Michelle File. I'm already hearing back from people telling me how much they loved her raw 
open share. If you haven't heard that, be sure to go back and listen. So we had an episode that you may or may not have listened to yet about what happens when we as women encounter another woman who is confident, who knows who she is, who loves herself. And if the icing on top of that is she also has something that we admire, that we want, that we secretly envy, whether it's her physical body or status or something else, how our own development or lack thereof will determine how we respond. She will either be received by us as an embrace or a confrontation, depending on where we are on our journey. And many of us, many of us, we just don't talk about it. We are jealous. We pick apart and criticize other women or we just secretly envy them and we want what they have. So today, two parts. One, I'm going to share with you the antidote to envy and jealousy that my dear friend and mentor and former colleague, Catherine Lee, taught me. She's a very successful life coach. And I'm also going to talk about confidence. We already had an episode on how we receive women with confidence. But I want to chat for a minute about where confidence comes from and share my true experience of going from highly insecure, highly insecure to pretty confident. I'm a pretty confident person. I say pretty because I still can grow. I still have so far to go, but I'm a very confident person now, especially even in the last three months. You know, where did that come from? And I hope this is helpful to you. So first of all, When you and I look at another woman and we admire her, that's a beautiful thing. If we envy and we're jealous and we wish we had anything that she has or we believe she has based on what we're seeing, which many times is a lie, here is the best advice I ever got. Catherine said to me, you know, Jill, when you see that and you want that, I want you to picture that you get it. Whatever it is, let's just say it's her size, her weight, her physical body. You got it. Your wish was granted. In addition to that, you get everything else that you can't see. And what I add to that is behind door number three. All the hidden stuff behind door number three. The highlight reel is what you're seeing. But what about the behind the scenes? You sure you want that? So Catherine said to me, picture that you get it. But you also have to switch lives with her. You don't just get her butt her amazing figure, her money, her relationship, whatever it is that you want, you get it all. You get her past, you get her present, and you get her future. You get it all, her insecurities, her fears, her secrets that you don't know about. You have to swap lives, which means you have to swap children. Oh, hold on a minute. Oh, I don't want to do that. Okay, suddenly you're not jealous anymore. That's the best antidote ever to jealousy. So try to apply that as soon as you feel envy, as soon as you feel jealous, as soon as you see another woman, you want what she has. Now, again, it's okay and it's healthy to admire and aspire. You know, I see other women and say, oh, I want that, not because I'm not enough and I want her life, but I want to be that confident or I'm excited to have that much money. You see, that's very different from looking at it from a place of scarcity. I'm jealous that I don't have it and I want what she has. Instead, it's what she's doing is inspiring me because I know I can have and do and be the same. And her beauty is beautiful. And I don't have to look like that to be beautiful because I'm beautiful in my own way. So it sounds a little cliche, but I'm telling you, it's, it's so where all of us deserve to be. 
And look, I'm still, if Heidi Klum sat down and had a chat with my husband, I'm going to be honest with you. I guarantee you there would be a part of me that would be sweating a little bit. <laughs> be like, shit. I think I saw him glance down at her boobs. Shit. Look at those long legs as she walks away. And she has $100 million. And because of learning to love myself and doing this work we keep talking about and the antidote I just mentioned, I can also say, here's the deal. I don't want her life. I want my kids. I want my husband. I want my destiny. I want my dharma. I want what I have. And thank you, God. Both can be true. All right. So what about confidence? Well, we could talk for hours <laughs> about where confidence comes from and and why many women lack confidence, lose confidence, don't ever feel like they ever had confidence. You know, I don't remember the exact number, but I remember an expert saying once that young women, I think as little girls, it's around age eight. Actually, I think it was on one of our past episodes with Dr. Jen Crispin, now that I think about it. Yeah, it's like episode three, four, or five from the very beginning. She talks about this, but I think it's around age eight that young girls start looking at themselves in a critical way and doubting themselves and looking at their physical image and thinking that there's something wrong. And that's really sad. So a lot of other things can poke holes in confidence, right? Trauma. Hello. Yes. Issues at home, any type of neglect, emotional neglect, emotionally immature parents, some sort of physical or verbal abuse. You know, so many obvious things can poke holes in our confidence shield, so to speak. Those are obvious. But wherever it comes from, Many of us as women will have every reason to be confident and we will still doubt ourselves. In that interview with Michelle, you know, she had a great childhood, like pretty much a perfect childhood. And she was hugely successful in her personal life and in business, had plenty of money from the time she was born, even as an adult married. And she was extremely insecure and she didn't know why, right? So many of us are doing that dance thinking that we're the only ones. So... I'll just briefly talk about where that comes from, but I really want this to be a quick episode on how do you become more confident and my personal examples that I have for you. So, you know, if you and I are not secure with who we are, if we don't really love us, if we deep down subconsciously think we are not enough, it doesn't matter what's on the outside, right? Because that internal story, that internal energy, that internal vibration, that internal dialogue is going to manifest out in the world. And that's all we're going to attract. And that's also all we're going to see. No matter how good it is, you know, life, no matter how many blessings we get from our creator, we will always, always, always feel that we are not enough and it's not enough if we're coming from that place. Confidence is, you know... (laughs) I started to say it's earned and discovered, but I would say it's earned and it's remembered, right? Because we were very confident as little, little girls, as toddlers. We had no doubt whatsoever in our abilities and who we are, and we didn't care what anybody thought, right? We wanted what we wanted when we wanted it and no apologies. But when you and I find ourselves worthy as is, by the way, we don't care what anything or anyone outside of us says. We don't need, we don't seek approval on any level outside of ourselves. We may, of course, and it's very healthy in my opinion, care about the opinion of a couple of people, parents, a spouse, a best friend, a mentor, maybe, right? A short, 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 short list. 
but our worth is not created by what the rest of the world says about us or what we think they think about us. You've heard that saying, I'm not who I think I am. I'm not who you think I am. I'm who I think you think I am. So when we are truly us, it doesn't matter to us what we think other people think we are because we don't even think that way. And it may sound like utopia. How can you really get there? I'm telling you, it's real. I'm getting closer and closer and closer. And it's such a beautiful place to be. People say it comes with age, but I also know women in their 70s and 80s who are highly insecure. I think you give less Fs, you know, the older you get. And some of the insecurity just keeps growing and becoming more and more embedded in you as well. So for me, I've noticed that I've referenced this before that back in my previous business, which was a business where it was sales and marketing and a lot of attraction marketing. And I personally was recruiting and inviting people to partner with me in a business. And I noticed that the more I worked on myself and the more confident I became, the type of people I attracted elevated. Now, as I've said before, and I want to say again as a disclaimer, I'm not talking about their worth as a person. I'm talking about their confidence. Remember, they're mirrors of our own stuff. So their confidence, their ability to have boundaries and say no, their ability and willingness to say yes when they want to say yes, the way they show up and carry themselves in a room, their vibe. As I grew, the people I attracted were at a higher level. And this went on and on and on, and it kept going and going. You look at the people I worked with 10 years ago as opposed to two years ago, and all good, loving people, and no comparison, literally no comparison. People with problems and issues and life is hard and I can't pay my bills and nobody wants to buy from me to people who are like, let's do this. Let's go. What do I do? And that's because I became more confident. How did I become more confident? By doing what we talk about twice a week, week after week and be you. By shedding and unbecoming, excavating and remembering who I am who I really am, who God says I am. Forgiving myself, not living through the past, forgiving others, learning to not use old maps, looking at my triggers and realizing that they are gifts and they are signals, looking at how I show up in the world, taking ownership of everything I do and say, not needing others and relying on others, even my own spouse, to fill me up and make me happy. Having a clear and very, very, very strong, intimate connection with source, God, divine, learning from my past, but not living there, excited for my future, but not living there either, learning how to be in the now. It's a battle every day, but that's how I've become more confident. When I've learned to trust myself I didn't feel safe in my own body. And many of you don't even know what that means. And many of you do. Not even safe in my own body because I was always in fight or flight. I was always outside of my body. Always worrying, always projecting, always overthinking. I couldn't trust myself in my own body. So I couldn't trust anyone else. I was always looking for the other shoe to drop. I was always looking for something bad to happen. What does that have to do with confidence? Everything. 
That has everything to do with confidence. Confidence is not about, you know, work it, girl, walk in the room and put your shoulders back. And that's the byproduct of what I just talked about. That happens after you do this inner work of letting go, releasing, discovering, excavating, forgiving, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. And I never connected those dots. I thought it was just about self-love when I learned about mirror work. And we've talked about that, looking in the mirror and saying, I love you. I'm, I'm actually liking you. That's a huge part of this. And it's just a little bit of the leg of the long, long, long journey. Huge part of it and long way to go. There's so much more than that. Learning how to make time for ourselves without apology, without justifying, without defending, without explaining. Recognizing codependency and learning how to not be codependent. Forgiving ourselves when we are. Just understanding where that comes from. Connecting with ourselves, being present with ourselves, taking a minute to put our hand on our heart and our other hand on our belly and taking some deep breaths, letting some emotion come up and letting it out. That creates confidence. Being okay with saying that you love your body as is and being okay with saying, I love my body and I want to look a certain way. I want to be fit. I want to be strong. I want my body to be toned. Giving yourself grace for both of those. I find that confidence in social settings also has a lot to do with our money story. Many of us are convinced that other people having more money First of all, many of us are convinced that they have more money because of what they're projecting. And many times it's not even true. They're spending all their money so that you can believe that they have money and they actually are broke. That is so true. And people who genuinely do have more money than us and a lot more money than us, which means they have more options than us. They have more opportunities than us. Life is a little bit easier when you have a lot of money. You can have someone cleaning your house and doing your landscaping and freeing you up so that all you focus on is your passion, you know, your career, your relationships, your health. And that's my goal, by the way. And I don't apologize for that. But when people have more money than us, which gives them all of what I just described, a confident person will not look at that and feel threatened and feel jealous. A confident person will look at that and say, good for them. And how do I get some of that? But in a social setting, many of us, especially where I live in the U.S. and the States, we, you know, see people with status and money. Again, many times it's fake, but we don't know the difference. And we buy into it hook, line and sinker. And we look at that and we somehow think that they are better than us. So it's like it takes a chunk out of our own confidence. Our level of confidence should be untouchable. It doesn't matter who you meet who you come across, who you're introduced to, who you work with, they have nothing to do with who you are in this world. It took me forever to figure that out. I was so insecure around other people. I was outgoing. I've always felt very comfortable, you know, in conversation. I never felt like I fumbled over my words. I always felt very confident, even as a child, calling, dialing up the phone and Those of my young listeners listening are probably laughing right now, but we actually had phones where you would dial the number, you would call the other house and say, hey, Mr. Hollenbeck, could I please speak with Kristen? This is Jill Reeser. Well, hi, Jill. How are you? I always felt very confident interacting with other people and speaking, but deep down, I had no self-confidence, none. And my self-confidence had a lot to do with trauma and my lack of self-confidence had a lot to do with trauma. 
with issues of my own home, which I've referenced before, the wounds of my own parents, emotionally absent parents, et cetera, their own trauma and fighting. But it also had a lot to do with money, the lack of money and the conversation in my home about the lack of money. And so many of you like me, no matter how you grew up, when you interact with other people who have more than you, you somehow are then less confident. It should have nothing to do with your level of confidence, but it does, doesn't it? For many of us, we somehow feel a little different. Look how we are when we see like, quote unquote, famous people. Who cares? I can say that now. I used to be one of those people that was like, oh my gosh, I think that's a movie star. And I would be like nervous if I saw him in an airport. I don't give a shit now. You're no different than my neighbor, Larry. Don't care. I'm sure you're a great person, but yeah, I mean, good for you that you do that, but it's just a job. It's getting to the point where it doesn't matter who you come across, you love yourself and you're confident enough in yourself that you can appreciate their gifts and talents and their success and everything that they have and everything that they be, but you're not envious or jealous in any way. And what they have going on over there doesn't come over to your side of the net. It can't bleed over if it tried. It doesn't matter because you are you and she is she. So I'll give you a couple of examples. Because of my lack of confidence and my insecurity and my low self-esteem and because of the tie to money issues growing up and the conversation in my house about money, and we're going to have a whole episode just on money stories, because think about it, you can grow up with no money and not have a negative money story. I had a very scarce way of thinking about money because that's all I heard day in and day out in my home, or at least that's how I remember it. Constant arguments about how we don't have any money and comments about the people who have money and you know, we were like told to try and impress those people while secretly hating them. It was a bizarre way to learn about wealth and status, et cetera, growing up. So when my brother, who's a physician, joined a country club, I was in my 20s and I was invited regularly to go to the country club. I was always nervous. And I mean nervous to the point where I was sweating. Like this wasn't that long ago. (laughs) Sweating, so uncomfortable always wanting to impress. And then I'd look over and see my mom doing the exact same thing. And then now that I look back, I would say those things to my kids. Make sure you're dressed nice. Make sure you look good. Make sure you look them in the eye. Make sure you shake their hand. Now you might say, Jill, that's just telling them to have good manners. It was different. It was different. I was speaking to them in a language that doesn't require words. And that language said to them energetically, We are not good enough. We are not like them. Make sure you present yourself well. I remarried seven years ago. Just a couple of days ago was our anniversary. And my husband was a longtime member of the same country club. And for years, I would say in kind of an arrogant, cool girl way, yeah, I'm not a country club kind of girl. But that was to cover up my insecurity because I didn't feel comfortable at a country club. And a lot of people do that. Right. They poke fun of or they comment about people who have status or money that they don't have. And it's really to cover up their own fear and their own insecurity. And that's what was happening with me. Yeah. That's not my place. Yeah. I don't want the, I, I'm not, I'm not into that fancy stuff. Give me jeans and a t shirt. I'm good. That's actually true, but I don't need to say that now. It's just who I am. I can hang out at the country club and prefer to be out in the country in my home with our dogs and our kids but I don't have to say it because I'm not trying to present myself as someone who is more confident than she is. I can just be confident in my choice. 
So it's interesting because when we first married, I did not want to go there. I didn't feel comfortable, but I didn't want him to know that I was nervous. I always felt on edge when I was talking to people. I think it was about four years ago on my vision board for the new year. I put a picture of a woman that I found in a magazine playing golf. And then I found the emblem of the country club we belong to. And I put it on there. And the point was that I was visualizing me feeling so confident as a member of the country club that I was going to walk on the golf course and just start golfing. Like I was going to join a golf league and just own my membership. No questions asked. And I did manifest that. I saw that picture every single day. I pictured that happening. And a year later, I signed up for the golf league and I was nervous and I was secretly shaking and insecure. And then I realized, oh my gosh, they're just like me. They have the same secret insecurities, same shit stories. They eat the same shit sandwiches. They have all kinds of trauma and skeletons in their closet. As many of our parents used to say, they put their pants on one leg at a time like everyone else. But I was able to really see that. And so at least my experience with confidence is that many times up until like, I mean, super recently, I would have someone on a pedestal, feel like they were better than me, feel insecure around them. And then once I got to know them, realize, oh my gosh, that was so stupid. I can't believe that. Like, why was I insecure about that person, around that person? You know, when I hired Kayla Craft, Mommy Millionaire, my very first coach I ever hired, I was so intimidated by her. She's like 32, 33. And at the time I was 48. I had built a hugely successful business, raised three kids, been through hell and back. And I was nervous. I thought she was better than me. It was ridiculous. She didn't think she was better than me. I thought that. And it took like three months of coaching before I realized, okay, this is ridiculous. She's just another human being. She's further along than me in this particular journey, but I have my own wisdom that I can share with her. So that happened with so many people. My point in saying that is that if you feel that way, you're not the only one. No one talks about this stuff, but that's how most of us think. I'm going to tell you that when you do this stuff of... (laughs) loving yourself, finding yourself, all of that, you will get to the point where I finally have gotten, and I'm telling you, it's. I think I'm still on the edge of it, to tell you the truth, where I don't need to have time go by for me to then knock myself in the head and go, oh, it's so funny. They're just like me. Oh, they're just another human. Now I'm able to flip that script very, very quickly. And I want you to get to that place because it's such a great place to be. It's so much more chill. You know, I found myself with our um, marriage coach, relationship coach that we just hired. You've heard me talk about Steph. Please go find him. Steph is Stephanos. I used to call him Stephanos, and then I realized I was saying it wrong. He's so sweet, he never corrected me. But it's Stephanos Sefandos. And he and his wife, Christine Hassler, are master, master coaches. And I was intimidated. I had them on this pedestal, and both of them are much younger than me. And I still felt like, Somehow they were beyond me, maybe because they're more evolved, they're more enlightened, they're more in touch with their shadow, as they say, and they've done the work longer than I have. They're two human beings. I'm going to say a swear word here. Some of you don't like it when I do that, but all of us are fucked up and all of us are perfect, both at the same time. And it's so comforting to hear that and to say that. 
those two still have fights. They still have arguments. They still get trapped in their story sometimes. They flip out of it quickly because of the work they've done. But they will even tell you, you teach what you need to learn. And so for a little while, I was looking at them that way, the same way I looked at the others in the past. And I caught myself as I was finding connections through them, through Instagram, different podcasts I wanted to listen to, you know, finding different hosts. There's this whole circle in Austin, Texas, and they just have this vibe that it's very attractive to me. Like my heart, my soul is saying, oh my gosh, find these people. They are your tribe, truly. And for a minute, I was like, had them on a pedestal. And I was like, what the F are you doing? This is ridiculous. You're doing it again. I was able to go from a fairly quick turnaround time to fast. And this was a month ago, right? So you just keep getting better and better and better. It's just like anything you practice, any skill, picture a skill. Maybe you've learned to play a sport. Maybe it's working out and lifting weights. Whatever the skill is, you know when you hit your sweet spot. You know when you you just get better and better and better and better, right? That's how this works. That's how confidence works. You can't fake it. They say fake it till you make it, and I don't agree. It's so inauthentic. I would rather, I used to teach my team, I would rather see someone say, okay, so I'm going to share this product with you, and to tell you the truth, I'm sweating bullets. I'm nervous as shit. I am worried what you're going to think of me, but I care more about you than I do about worrying about what you think. So I'm going to share this with you. You see, I I love authenticity. So to me, that sounds a lot better and lands a lot better than fake it till you make it. I think people can read right through that. I have a very strong, highly tuned BS meter, and a lot of you do as well. And honestly, if when someone fakes it till they make it, when they're acting fake and they have the puffed up chest, I'm less attracted to them. I actually feel sad for them because I know that there's brokenness behind that. So I don't love the fake it till you make it stuff, just my opinion. But as you and I grow, we will become more and more confident because we're more comfortable in our own skin. And now when I look at people who have the things I used to be jealous of or fear, status, money, whatever it is, I truly, honestly could walk into any room right now, any room whatsoever. It doesn't matter if they're all, you know, brilliant minds, Nobel Peace Prize winners, the most famous actors or artists or musicians in the world, billionaires. I would feel very confident because I'm not comparing my notes to theirs. I'm not walking into that room worrying what they think of me, but I also don't need to compare. Again, their side of the net, my side of the net, two different stories, two different journeys, two different paths. I'm good. And I'm so happy to be able to say that. And as I've learned to, and learning, by the way, to be safe in my body, you know, I said to our relationship coach, we had our last session on our anniversary on May 31st, our seven-year anniversary. I said, Steph, I have never felt safer in my life as I do right now, and as I do in this marriage. And I know that's because I feel safe in my own body, with myself, in me. And safety equals love. Because remember, when you and I don't feel safe, that doesn't mean, oh, I think something bad's going to happen to me, or it could mean that. When we don't feel safe in our own body, we don't truly love that home of ours, and we don't feel comfortable being in us, then we will project constantly onto other people. We will constantly seek 
safety by criticizing others and creating situations that match our wounds from childhood, et cetera, et cetera. And so for me to be able to say to you, I've never been more confident and I've never felt more safe. One, those two are connected. When you feel safe, you feel confident. I'm saying this to you, not because I think you need to hear that I feel confident. I'm saying it to you because I was so insecure for my entire life and still had these issues just months ago. It was better, but I still had these issues. You've heard me say before that, you know, when there's a mindset that doesn't suit you, I want you to picture it like you're pulling your car up to a spot on the street and there's a parking meter. And there's, you know, in the beginning, you're putting in a handful of coins because you're going to be in there two and a half hours sitting in that pool of negativity, scarcity, not enoughness. And the more you uncover and the more you unbecome and the more you learn to love yourself and the more you look at your paradigm and the more you breathe and the more you love yourself and the more you surrender, you need less and less coins in that meter. You have a longer space between stimulus and response. You're able to love people as they are and love yourself as you are. And my goal is to get to the point where I don't even pull into the parking spot, right? I just drive on by. But I don't know that that's possible. Maybe it is possible. I'm picturing some Buddhist monk somewhere, but I'm to the point now where I uh, I pull in the damn spot. I'm, I'm not going to lie. I mean, I am, <laughs> I get in my shit and I put the coins in, but it's so far less. You know, I got upset just today about something. I would say I had maybe a quarter in there. I want to get to the point where I have a penny. But also, part of loving yourself and being confident, remember, is giving yourself grace. If you need to put $2 in there, whatever. So you had a bad day or so you haven't grown in that area. That's okay. You have a lifetime to grow. Grace is one of the biggest gifts you can give yourself. So when you look around and you see people who are confident, sometimes it's real, sometimes it's not. You can usually feel it in your body. Remember that you can be as confident as you want to be. You can be as confident as you choose to be. Confidence is earned and confidence is remembered. No one is you. No one can exude what you are putting out into this world. No one can replace you. No one can replace you with a new or better version ever. So as always, if this episode helped you in any way, I would so appreciate taking a minute. This is like, I feel like I'm at the person at the store or at the drive-thru who says, hey, they give you the receipt and say, hey, will you call this number and rate me or let them know how well I did? How many of you have said, oh yeah, sure, I'll do that. And then you leave and you're like, I don't feel like it. (laughs) I've done that a thousand times. So I'm not judging any of you who've not taken the time to give me a rating and a review because I get it. I've done it, but I am asking you, would you be willing to this time? It will help us to get the guests that I know you want to and you deserve to hear from on this podcast and it will help us grow. So thank you so much. Please share this with your friends and remember that confidence is accessible.